Good morning, church. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. What a great time to remember together. I'm sure you're at home right now with your family and loved ones. Some of you are watching from various places. In fact, wherever you are, when you just type in where you're watching from, we are so glad that you are with us. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. I don't think it's any accident. I don't think it's by mistake that why all of this is going on in our country, that right in this very moment, we are pausing, we are stopping to celebrate that he has risen. You know, this should, for the life of the believer, have us to remember. Remember who's in control. Remember who has the power. Remember who's on his throne. This almost feels like the world is put on paused and we are forced to be reminded God is in control even in the midst of this time. One thing we do as my family together every single Easter, uh, we'll get Easter eggs and we'll put them in the backyard. And of course the kids look forward to that. They grab their Easter baskets. They're in the backyard searching. They're going quickly. Who can get the most eggs? But then we hide one egg, one egg that when they are going to get, it's gonna be empty inside. And here's why. In the midst of all the commotion about the Easter bunny, the, the baskets, the candy, the food, uh, we want them to remember why we are doing what we are doing. And so here's what we do as a family. The kids begin to get their baskets and they're eating and they're opening up the eggs and all of a sudden, uh, one of our children comes to us and says, hey, this one doesn't have anything in it, it's empty. We pause and we take time to teach the lesson. We want them to remember why we are doing all of this. So it's a great discipleship moment for our children. We tell them, hey, Jesus came and he died on the cross for the sins of the world. And here's why we are doing what we are doing, because the tomb is empty. He defeated death. Death lost its sting. And so we, we get to tell our children this and whether they really know what's going on or not, I guarantee you, when they get older, they will remember the empty egg. They will remember what this day is all about. Now, I'm sure you probably have family traditions like that. Uh, you probably serve the same dish. You probably do certain things. Or you probably eat lamb to remember he was the perfect lamb. These are all great symbolic things that forces us to stop and pause. You know, this isn't really an original idea. Uh, do you know this is something Israel did? In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter six. What we're going to see here is something that Israel did every single year. And it started from here. The Jews even do it today. It's part of the Passover meal. I want you to listen to Exodus chapter six. We're going to get two verses. God gives Israel four promises in two verses. This is the core promises of who God is and the character of God. From here, they take it and they have this time every year together and they call it the Passover meal. Now, listen to this, verse six. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from underneath the burdens of the Egyptians. So what is going on? Well, 
Israel right now, they're, they're in captivity, they're enslaved, and they're wondering, where is God? God, where are you during the midst of this persecution? Where are you during the midst of our bondage? So God sends Moses to be the deliverer of the people. But God makes it very clear with Moses. Moses, do not forget these pillar moments. Do not forget these four pillar promises. I am going to rescue the people. I am going to deliver them. I am going to redeem them. I am going to make them my people, Moses. These are four promises that you can hold on tightly to. And don't forget it, Moses. Nobody can do it but God and God alone. So here they are, these four promises. And we see all throughout the Old Testament, and we see it even carried over to the New Testament, that God began to play out these promises to the people. Here's one thing you can guarantee. When God promises something, it will happen. When God promises something, it will happen. So God promises, I will rescue, I will deliver, I will redeem, I will accept you as my people, these four pillars. Now, let's fast forward just a moment and we'll come back to this passage. Do you recognize that Christians, when we take the Lord's Supper, what we are doing is partaking in part of these four promises. These are the four cups. That's part of the Seder meal, which Seder means order. Every year, they have a Passover meal during the Passover festival. This is what Jesus was doing with his disciples. We read in scripture only about one cup that he took. Only two elements that we read about, the bread and the cup. The truth is there are so much more elements involved here. And today I want to speak to four other elements that are involved. So let's listen again. Four things he tells them. I will bring you out. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. I will take you. Let's look at the first, I will. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now, we can take this during this Passover meal, and this was considered the first cup. So they had a Passover meal together to remember these promises. What they would do is they would take these cups in different orders. They would take the cup and they would sing psalms of praises and to remember who God is. They would partake in different parts of the meal. They would partake another cup, sing some more, take a third cup, sing some more and take the fourth cup. The first cup they take during the Passover meal, it's called the cup of sanctification. That's the first I will. I will take you from bondage. So the first cup is this. God saying, Israel, I see you. I see that you are in bondage. In Israel, I will come rescue you. Some call it the cup of salvation. So I want you to get this picture. Here's Israel in bondage. They can do nothing for themselves. And God is saying, because I am God, because I love you, because I chose you, I will come rescue you. I will come save you. So they take the first cup and they drink of it and they remember, God saved us. We did nothing to deserve it. God rescued us. Praise God. And they take the first cup to remember it was all God. Glory to God. So this first cup is them remembering that God brought them out from underneath the slavery from the Egyptians. It was God who rescued them. 
They did nothing. It was all God. Then he moves them to the second cup and part of this Passover meal. I will what? What's the next one we see in this passage? Well, circle, I will bring you out. That's the first one. The second circle, I will deliver you. Now you might be thinking, I don't get it. Isn't delivering and bringing out kind of the same thing? Yes and no. So first God is saying, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. The second cup, I'm going to take Egypt out of you. Here's what I mean by this. Although they were free, although God brought them out from slavery, do you remember? And if you don't, it's okay. As you read throughout scripture, although God brought them out, do you remember they, they were complaining? They, they would say, Moses, we, we were better off than Egypt. Take us back. They had almost this bondage mentality, this bondage heart. So although they were free, they were really enslaved internally. And what God was saying is, listen, I want you to understand that I am the one who chose you. You should celebrate. I brought you out of Egypt. Now I will deliver you. I'm going to take Egypt out of you and it's going to be my doing. I have sanctified you. I have set you apart for a purpose. I have a plan for you. I love you. I care for you and I am going to deliver you. I'm going to work in you because I have a plan for you. I chose you and but I'm also going to change you. So I am going to deliver the inner slavery, the inner bondage that's in you. So all of the junk, all of the jacked up stuff that you are attracted to, all of the stuff that you desire, all the stuff that causes you to sin, all of that, I am going to walk with you because I love you and I'm not going to forsake you. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cleanse you of that. I am going to empty you of that. This is going to be a long process, Israel, but I'm not going to leave you. Israel, as we see, were up and down. They were bipolar in their spiritual walk. They praised God, then they questioned God. They served God and they served other gods. And even then, God is saying, I am not going to leave you. I will deliver you. I will take you out of Egypt and I will take the Egypt out of you. Now, the third cup. And Christians, we've been taking this cup for a very long time. We call this the Lord's Supper. Some call it communion. Uh, from the Baptist world, it's the Lord's Supper for us. It's the third cup is the cup of redemption. What he tells them in this verse is, I will redeem you. Now, when we take this cup for the Lord's Supper, we are reminded of what Christ did on the cross. We stop and we pause and we think about this one cup of redemption. Now, what does this word redemption mean? Here's what it means. It is God buying us back through his son, paying the price. There is a price for sin. It costs something and someone has to pay for it. So picture, there are a bunch of sinners in this world. Adam and Eve came in. There's now inherited sin. There is a distance between God and humanity. Now, somebody needs to pay the price so God can have his children back, so he can be restored, repaired. There is a broken relationship. So this cup here is the cup of redemption. God's saying, I will redeem you. How? Through Jesus. 
Jesus will die on the cross. He will defeat death. He will rise again to show that he defeated death. And Jesus, when placing faith in him, will redeem you back to the Father. Jesus paid what you couldn't pay for yourself so you could be redeemed. So Israel, I'm going to bring you out of bondage. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. But Israel, I'm not only just going to bring you out. I have a plan for you. It's not just to say a prayer and get saved. No, no, no. I want to use you. So I'm going to deliver you from the junk in your life. And I'm going to pull the junk out of your life. Like some of you listening, you, you know what this means. Like you've been freed from all, from all kinds of addictions. You've been freed from bad habits. And that's only because of the power of Christ. So you gave your life to Jesus. Jesus walked with you and all of a sudden all this junk in your life started to come out little by little. And I get it. There's, there's still junk there. There always will be. But God has continued to deliver you and bring the Egypt out of you. And the times you get discouraged as believers and you're walking, God is saying, hey, I have redeemed you. I know you're not going to be perfect. That's why I sent my son to bring you back to me so you can stand before a holy God because of what Jesus has done. We can celebrate that. We can, this should be a Selah moment in your house right now, okay? For the Christians, praise God. When God found you, there was nothing you can offer God. Think about that. We say that a lot, but just pause right there. Listen to this truth. Write it down. There is nothing that you did for God to rescue you from the bondage of sin. Do you understand that? He saw you. He saw your need, just like he did the Israelites. And it was his decision to choose them, to rescue them from the bondage. It was his decision. They did nothing. Praise God. Selah. Take a praise break right now where you are and thank Jesus. In the comment box, say, thank you, Jesus. He has saved us from ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. And we did nothing for it. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the last cup. Some call this the cup of praise. Some call it the cup of acceptance. But here's what happens. Let me read this last verse. He says, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out. Here's what he's saying. Now, the cup of redemption. I'm going to take you the cup of praise to be my people. I'm going to take you the cup of praise and accept you. And you will accept me. There's a twofold relationship going on here. God pursues. God delivers. God redeems. God takes them and accepts them. But there's also something they have to do. They have to choose to take God as their God. So this Easter, praise God. For the believer, let me talk to you. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in just a moment, but let me first talk to you, believer. Praise God. He chose you. Praise God. He delivered you from the junk in your life. Praise God. He has redeemed you through his son, that he sent his son to shed blood on the cross. 
What God did was he sent the innocent to cover the guilty. Jesus, the innocent, covered us, the guilty ones. Praise God, he accepts us because of Jesus. Nothing we can ever do, nothing we have ever done can earn his acceptance. It was all because of Jesus. So this Easter, Christian, remember, remember, praise God, death is defeated. What is the worst that can happen to us, Christian? Death has been defeated because of God. So during this Passover meal, they're taking this together. It still happens today. And they're remembering what God has done. May this be an Easter in the midst of this chaos that we remember what God has done for the sins of the world who couldn't do it for themselves. Now, if you're listening and maybe you were invited by a neighbor or coworker or family member to join you this Easter. Here's what I want to tell you. I have, and if you have never received Jesus and you're on here because it's Easter and you don't really understand what all this means, let me break it down for you. If you've never read the Bible, that's okay. I want to share with you. Here's what this means. Here's what this is a picture of. That God right where we were, living the most messed up life that we can live, no matter what you have done, no matter what it is, he chose us. Now, I believe that God doesn't desire for anyone to perish. Just the way you are, think about it, just the way Israel was, they didn't have to go clean themselves up. Just the way they were, he chose them. So if you're listening, I want you to hear this. Just the way you are, God loves you. You don't have to go clean yourself up before he loves you. They sure didn't. Just the way you are, God loves you and he will accept you. Now, here's a great thing. He will take you just as you are, but he doesn't want to leave you that way. He wants to deliver you from the stuff, the shame, the bondage. He wants to deliver you from this stuff. So he doesn't want to leave you that way. He will walk with you. He will encourage you. Now, here's what he's done for you so this can be a reality. He has sent his son to die on the cross to pay for something that you can't pay so that one day when he comes back or one day when our, our clock stops ticking, because it's going to happen to every single one of us, we have an expiration date on us, that we can live with confidence and hope that when he comes back, we are a child of God. He has paid the price for us. So before we can praise him for that, before we can take the Lord's Supper together, here's what I want to offer you for, for you listening. If you've never given your life to Christ, would it be on this Easter that you, you've tuned in to listen and, and God is pulling at your heart saying, listen, I have chose you. You need me. I've sent my son. But in order for this to be a reality, you have to accept my son to place faith in my son. So right where you are, here's the best way I can ask you. And we've seen people receive Christ just about every week so far. And we're sending Bibles to people. Would it be this Easter that God has you to tune in? Because you've recognized there's separation between you and God and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior if you've never surrendered your life to him. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head just where you are. I want you to be able to answer this question in the quietness of where you are. If you were to die today, 
If you were to die today, do you know that you would go to heaven? Do you know that because of Christ and placing your faith in him, that you would go to heaven forever? The answer is really a yes or a no. And, and if you're in between, I would say let, let's make it a certain thing for you. With all eyes closed and head bowed, here's what I want you to do. Just confess this Easter. God, I know that I'm a sinner. It has separated me from you. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to rescue me, to deliver me, to save me from myself. And today I place my faith in Jesus. And I trust that he lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and defeated death. Today, I ask you to come into my life as my Lord and Savior. Now, if you said that prayer, let me just say amen, amen, amen. I am so proud of you. Here's what I want you to do. This is so imperative and so important. I want you to text this number you're going to see on the screen. Now, here's what's going to happen. We're going to respond. We're going to call you. We're going to send you a Bible. Please do it so we can celebrate with you on this Resurrection Sunday. All right. Hey, we are so proud of you if you prayed that prayer. In fact, here's what I want you to do. Would you just comment right in the box? Let us know that you prayed that. You can say, I prayed it. And here's what's going to happen. I know our church and I know our people. They're going to comment on there and they're going to celebrate with you but know that we are so, so proud of you. We're gonna move into the Lord's Supper now as a church family. So right where you are, whether you have a cracker or bread and juice, uh, we're gonna take this together. Now keep in mind, when Jesus sat with his disciples, there were four cups present. They were still taking this Passover meal. And so they, they had all the cups. They had the cup of being redeemed. They had the cup of being rescued. They have a cup of being delivered. And the cup that Jesus took with his disciples, they took the cup of being rescued, the cup of sanctification. They took the cup of deliverance. And when he took the Lord's Supper with his disciples, they drank out of the cup of redemption. So again, they're sitting at the table and there's four cups present. We often don't keep that in mind, but there were. They were having the Seder meal together. So here's what I want to do. I want us to remember during this time that when Jesus came and he sat with his disciples, he, he took the bread. So if you would, during this time, take the bread. And he says, this was my body that was given for you. And they took the bread together. Then he took the cup, the cup of redemption. He said, this was my blood that was shed for you. And they took the cup of redemption together. And he said, every time you do this, remember, remember who I was. Remember what I did. Remember what I will do. I have defeated death. I will rescue you. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. And because of that, 
my Father will accept you. Think about that. Jesus came, gave his life to deliver, to rescue, to free us. Church, I love you, and we'll see you very soon. God bless. You have won.